We work hard as physicians to take care of the health and well-being of our patients. But when it comes to our money, do we have the same condition of care? Probably, probably not. Let's change that together. Welcome to the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast, where we'll fight and advocate for your financial literacy. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. Thanks for being here. Let's jump into the show. This week's episode is sponsored by CityVest. CityVest has quickly become the most popular and best way for doctors to invest in top-performing real estate private equity funds that are usually reserved for institutional investors. This unique access to investing in these institutional funds is available for the first time ever through CityVest easy and secure online investment platform. CityVest does the hard work of conducting due diligence and vetting the investments. They even get a third-party due diligence report that is posted on their website. As a result of aggregating a several million dollar investment amount into their access funds, CityVest gains access to investing in the institutional investment and is able to negotiate better investment terms such as a 12% preferred return. You can check them out at cityvest.com or go to the link in the show notes below. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, we talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, emotional freedom. And so we started out with a guest and speaker cohort composed of physicians, but now the brand has grown such that I want to share my message with the world. So hopefully both sides can benefit. So in that light, today we have a special guest, Dwight Heck. And he's helping people to live life on purpose and not by accident. So, um, which is really interesting. He's going to talk all about the emotional side of freedom, health freedom. So uh, I'll let him introduce himself. So Dwight, welcome. Hi, Christopher. How are you today? Good, good. Uh, It's so glad to have you on the show. And like we were talking backstage, you know, we met through Podmatch and, you know, it's just really these um, spontaneous informal discussions that come out. So um, we're happy to have you. Yeah, I appreciate being on. Yeah, Um, I like how you intro though and said, you know, you want to share your message with the world. And really, at the end of the day, too many of us um, pigeonhole ourselves into a specific niche of people that we can help. I know I used to do that with my own financial planning practice. And really, at the end of the day, everybody from the poorest person to the wealthiest needs help in understanding their financial um, goals between their six inches between their ears. Because I've found from poor people to wealthy people, people are just at a higher level of broke. They just don't understand at a higher level and they have more money to throw around doesn't mean that they're living a life on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, we were going to talk all about financial freedom and, you know, performance. And um, so I'm really interested to hear your story. So tell everybody how you got started and we'll go from there. I got started in um, the financial industry. Uh, I had a consulting company. I'm a serial entrepreneur and I was, I was just always to the grindstone, giving or always helping people. When I wasn't with, I was a single dad. So when I wasn't with my kids, 
at that point in time, I joined custody, I'd be working and I'd work stupid hours to a point where it affected my health. And back just, just after 2001, after 9-11 occurred, I had a severe health challenge happen to myself. And it made me reflect and reevaluate my life, especially when I had a neurologist and my family physician telling me I needed to slow down and find a career that was more in tune with, you know, living life on purpose, not their words. So it's mine. So struggled, thought, no, I've been working on this industry. I have this company. I have people that rely on me, pushed through it for about another six, seven months and I wasn't feeling right. I was just, I was on a hamster wheel of life and going to work, go home, get paid, thinking that I was happy, but really in, in truth, I was living in quiet desperation, not sure what I wanted to do. Had a friend of mine, a mentor reach out and say, hey, you know, you're really good with people. You're good at building relationships and you're a great teacher. You're also a quick study, a quick learner. I think you should get into the final financial services industry. And you could really use the help yourself. And, you know, because he was a close friend of mine for many years. So he, he, he did have the right to say that to me. Sometimes we can be compassionate to others. And he knew how to say it, though. Well, that was the important thing, right? Sometimes we have things that we say, we just don't say it right. So he said that to me. And I thought, well, I don't know. I've, I've got a lot of vested interest in this. You know, I went to school for my electronics engineering. I got into computer consulting. I got all these certifications. And, you know, we got that mindset that you just can't let go. But one day in the summer of 2002, I said to myself, as my all my kids are surrounding me, my five kids and thought I have to do something different. I'm not happy. So I went through the process on a weekend. Most people are floored by this. Usually the exams, the first exams to get into financial services, insurance and planning, they're really difficult. And people spend weeks, if not months, studying. I went and paid the fee on a Thursday to write it on the Monday at our provincial office, which would be, you know, like a state in the U.S. And told the people I was going to do it. Picked up my books Friday morning and said, well, I thought you had your kids this weekend. I said, absolutely, I have my kids this weekend. But this is what I want. So I bought, I went to the local Blockbuster and rented a bunch of movies and got a bunch of snacks for the kids. And throughout the weekend, they sat and binge movies and dad sat on the couch studying, took them back to their, to their moms on that Sunday night. And I studied till the next morning when the exam was, I literally didn't sleep. It was eight 30 in the morning and I passed my exam. So I literally did it over, studied over a weekend, uh, literally, and I'm not exaggerating the books if you stacked them, we're probably about five inches thick, right? And we're talking big manuals, not little books. <laughs> I just wanted it. I wanted it bad enough. So I got into that industry in the fall of 2002. This is my 20th year. And within about six weeks, I fired my trainer. And some people will go, why'd you fire your trainer? Because they didn't have what I wanted. They didn't have what I wanted. I'll say that again. Why do I say that? Because I wanted to help people live a life on purpose, not by accident. I had made that decision within weeks of, I started using that phrase already weeks into me getting into this industry, 
So I was a tenacious person. I went from different, there was different agencies within our brokerage system. And I'd go talk to people and ask them questions. I'd sit in on their training. I'd ask them and they'd say, oh, no problem. I'd reach out to product providers that offered us solutions and strategies and ask them if they'd meet up for lunch. Sometimes initially buying them lunch just to get that time with them because I knew that they had the knowledge that I aspired to want. Once I got that knowledge, it didn't make me good at what I did. I had to start applying it to my own life because, again, I had prior to me getting into that, I was a six-figure earner, but I was living from hand to mouth. I was always broke, and I didn't understand the rules of the money game. I didn't know how to how to goal set for what I wanted and then apply that in a budget structure so that I could achieve it without having to live in debt where I could still get what I needed. And I, again, that's a that's a word that people need to understand. You need to understand the difference between a need and a want. I had to teach myself that. And throughout the process, I managed to get myself out of, you know, a pickle out of the out of a funk in a very short period of time. The first year was tough. I made eight thousand dollars commission because in my industry, it's commission based unless you do fee charge based service, which I didn't. Um, so I'd help clients out. You don't know you could be three, four meetings. And they all of a sudden know they don't want to deal with you. So you make zero, you invest time on the hope that you're going to get business. So the first year I only made $8,000 commission. Meanwhile, I realized I closed down my computer company. I had given away all my clients and my consulting arm. I'd already closed down my computer store. I also had a retail store and it was a struggle, but I was tenacious. So from literally, um, September of 2003. So I've been in the industry a year till March of 2004. I made over 140 grand. I literally, I figured it out. I figured out the secret sauce of what it was. You know what the secret sauce was? Building relationships, communicating with people, actually listening to them and saying, hey, this is unfortunate. You're in this circumstance. And then relating to them. I've been there or I am there. And this is what I've found. And just peeling back the layers of the onion, it may sound really silly, but it's true. Figuring out what was in their life and their origin from their childhood to where they are, what caused them to get stuck? What caused them to have a picture of what finance should be in their life, what their goals for their life should be, whether it's going on vacation or saving for retirement or kids' education or just being frivolous and being able to go out and buy something materialistic that they wanted, but was it an actual, it, was it being put before their wants and their needs, right? They had to know the difference. Was it a need or was it something they wanted? Well, they could have it eventually if it's a want, but they had to make sure that their needs were always taken care of. And that's what I did a lot of, but I still do today, put a system together to help people goal set, budget, and literally Live a life on purpose instead of going to bed like I did for so many years in quiet desperation and being stuck. A horrible place to be. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I love that uh, story of, of tenacious and just getting it done. And it uh, it actually reminds me, you know, when I sit out and after the great financial crisis, to, you know, to make uh, to live life on my own terms. Doctor Doc is a personal lending solution designed by doctors for doctors. We understand that doctors' financial situations change faster than an insulin drip in ketoacidosis. And we also understand that doctors are the most reliable borrowers in the world. Through our proprietary algorithm, we're able to provide personal loans at great rates with amazing flexibility. 
because we take into account your schooling, your specialty, and where you are in the medical journey. Doctors come to us after they've matched into residency and we loan for all sorts of personal reasons, from credit card debt consolidation to family expenses and medical bills. We speak with everyone who applies for a loan and offer fixed interest rates and flexible term options without prepayment penalties. If you're a physician looking for a personal loan, fill out our application form now. It only takes three minutes and we'll get back to you with a decision within 24 hours. When you talk about needs versus wants, and um, what does living on a hamster wheel actually mean when it comes to one's daily life? Well, really, at the end of the day, majority of us in the population, it doesn't matter what country you're in, living on a hamster wheel is something that is set up in patterns of behavior from childhood. So we'll get up and for some of us, like myself, my dad, a very successful entrepreneur, I'd get up in the morning, he'd already be gone to his business. I'd go to bed at night, he wouldn't be home, right? So I seen that that hamster wheel mentality, even though he was successful, very wealthy, he was on his own form of hamster wheel. I started adopting that hamster wheel initially when I went into a career after I graduated from electronics engineering. I started in a career, I was on that same path, had work, 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 only took the time off that I was allotted or forced to. It's the end of the workday. Maybe I'd work late at home or maybe I'd work late at wherever it was. I'd go home and eat supper, do whatever, you know what I mean? Maybe you didn't have kids at the time, maybe, the, you know, whatever the case may be. And then you'd go to bed, you'd lay in bed and, and think to yourself, oh, tomorrow's another day, right? And people do that constantly. They dread the next day or it's Sunday night, like last night was Sunday. People are dreading to get up this morning and start their day because their purpose of life is not intentional they are living the pattern behaviors of their childhood or what they think they should live that they learn in school they learn from their family friends television you know it's great have a job and i'm not against people having jobs but jobs force people to live a mundane existence from monday to friday nine to five go home watch a couple hours of tv they don't nothing in life up to that point has taught them hey what do you want out of life? What do you truly want? And I'm not talking about the school counselor sitting down with you when you're in high school and saying, hey, what do you want to do? Let's figure this out. Oh, you're good at this. What does your dad do? What does your mom do? Oh, you want to do that? Right? There's no real constructive conversation. So they already start in, in young age on that hamster wheel and, and they take those pattern behaviors, they develop them even more of it themselves. They add on to it go to work, go home, get paid. They spend, you know, 40 hours a week. They live for the weekends. I hear it all the time from clients still today. They can't wait till the weekend. <laughs> and I say to them, wouldn't it be nice to live a life where every day is the same, whether it's Monday to Sunday, it doesn't matter. Well, that's impossible. I said, no, it isn't. It is not impossible. You can live in a career or owning an old or your own business where you're excited. You wake up the next day, you're happy. You go every single day. People will say to me, you know, they'll have conversations about a certain day and I'll go, what day is it? And they'll look at me like I'm crazy. Well, because I get up and I have a purpose. Oh, <laughs> I want today to be a day where it's not, I want to, today's Monday. I want it to be Saturday. Guess what? 
I make it a Saturday because I put in this, the right things in place so that I'm not living on that hamster wheel. I'm living on my own path to what I want out of life. And again, it's not easy. People think it's easy. I work on it every single day. Do I have bad moments? Absolutely. That's another thing that I coach on is never, ever tell yourself you have a bad day. There's simple little steps I go through and I coach and teach people and I live them myself. I'm not perfect at it. I do have bad circumstances and days that happen, but I never, ever have a completely bad day, right? How do you stay off a hamster wheel? Change your mindset, change the associations of people, things you listen to, things you read, things you watch. It's like, again, it's not hard. It's just a process. And you have to start little baby steps. And like, I didn't get to where I'm, I got by snapping my fingers. I've tripped and fall lots, right? I've brushed myself off. I've gotten up and started all over again. And I have good people and good things that I can do to make sure that I don't climb onto that hamster wheel again. And I also have things that I'm aware of going, oh my gosh, I'm about to climb back onto the wheel. And I pull myself back. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh really interesting because you talk about intentional and the mindsets and then mental conditioning and then what's into what stood out to me was that you talked about uh bad day versus bad moments in the day and um what steps uh have you taken to in, in terms of your mindset to ensure you only have bad moments and not bad days well i love that you asked that biggest thing that i do is i time myself out Think about it when you were a kid. If somebody was going to time you out, you didn't like that. As an adult, I love being timed out. <laughs> you can time <laughs> me out all day long, right? Because why do we time people out? Because they're not necessarily in the right frame of mind. They're not necessarily being the best version of themselves. So I literally have gotten to a point. I'm not perfect at it. I still struggle at it, but I work at it. I'll work on everything that I talk about to the day that I take my last breath. So I literally will check myself out. So if I'm working and I look and I don't have a call for a few hours or, you know, whatever I'm working on can temporarily be set aside. I get up from my current circumstance. I don't stay here in this circumstance that we're on right now, thinking that I can change my mindset. I can't, I need to do a state change. I need to get up, even if it's 30 feet away, 50 feet away, go sit on the couch, go sit with my dog, go walk outside, go do something that's different. And then I look at, think to myself, what am I, what, what's caused me to get to feel like this? Did somebody say something that I allowed the trigger? So I have to admit it to myself that really at the end of the day, nobody has control or power over me, Christopher, only I do. And I have to say to myself, why did I let that bother me? Do they have what I want? Are they where I want to be? Are they somebody that I know, like, and trust? Like I ask myself all these little things in a matter of seconds, right? My brain's just worrying, going, okay, you've analyzed it. You figured it out. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Change your state. And certain times that state change is going to happen from some great podcasts I like listening to, but they have to be upbeat, motivational. None of this Again, sorry to your listeners. None true crime doesn't help you. Sorry. Like if you're living in a true crime podcast, all it's doing is pulling you back. It's an anchor on your life. It can be entertainment, but then you should be 
using it as pure entertainment. Most people get caught up in that true crime thing. It's no different than what are they watching for television shows? What are they listening to for books or reading? Like I listen to a lot of books. I prefer it as opposed to reading now because I read so much stuff in my business and I'll listen to a book. I got sometimes two, three different books and people go, why do you have that many books going on? Well, guess what? Each book has its own purpose. That's life. Living life on purpose means I have to know what is my mindset? Okay, I'm going to listen to a little bit of Napoleon Hill. I'm going to listen to a little, little bit of Stephen Covey, or I'm going to listen to who, whatever the case may be. Maybe it's um, something that is just purely nonsense, nonsense, because I just need to disconnect my mind. It doesn't always have to have a purpose to where you're at in life. Sometimes it can just be a book that I like listening to. Let's say it's uh, Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights. That book, I used that lots to change my state when that book came out because he made me laugh. <laughs> and sometimes that's all you need to change your state. You need something to give you a different form of energy because your energy that got you into that circumstance of having a bad moment is real. You got to accept it, embrace it, think about it, do whatever it takes. And then I put a time on it. Listeners, this is the last thing I recommend everybody do. When I coach them, I figure out what is the time frame that you need. And sometimes we have to tweak it over weeks, months of having conversations. And I'll say to them, you know, my max time is three hours. Three hours, that's a lot of time. I said, hey, sometimes I can be pretty messed up. I need some, I need some extra time to check the old noggin and get myself in check. And I literally, you know, sometimes... In that three-hour period, I might have a, a power nap. Naps can be good. Wake up, and I'll still feel a little bit out of it. Podcast, book, right? Whatever the case. I've even turned on documentaries. Whatever the case may be. And lastly, what are your associations to people? So associations just aren't what you listen to, read, and you know, view. Do you have somebody that you can reach out to? just on the cuff, even if it's a messenger message, a, a text or whatever saying, hey, I'm kind of in a funk. They don't necessarily need to know why. Sometimes just, them just, oh, that's too bad, Dwight. I hope things are okay. You know, is there anything that I can help you out with? Some people will say to me, you know, I got 10 minutes between a call. You want to jump on a quick call, a Zoom call, FaceTime, whatever the case may be. And it's important to have those people that can just reassure you because it's not because you want them to go boohoo poor Dwight what you want them to do is acknowledge you we sometimes need to be acknowledged in life Christopher and they'll acknowledge the fact that I'm having a bad moment and they'll like and and they'll acknowledge that and say you know what I may, I'm available in three hours from now tomorrow morning and sometimes that can be enough of a good anchor for you to reset and go hey I get to talk to Christopher and 20 minutes, three hours tomorrow morning. And I get to, um, you know, lift some of this heavy burden that I haven't been able to displace through my current state changes that I've learned. And Christopher's going to help me because that's the type of guy Christopher is. He may not have the answers, but he's going to listen. He's going to go, Hey, maybe have you thought about it this way or that way? So again, everything that I'm talking about isn't hard. It's just that you have to put have some tenacity in your life. You have to be tenacious and say, I really want it. I'm tired of having it where I say to myself, oh, I'm having a bad day. Have you ever noticed that, Christopher? People will say that. You, you've hung out with that person. They've had a great day. It's 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. 
something bad happens. I've had a bad day. My whole day sucked. And they say that to everybody around them. And they continue to say that the whole day. And now they've discounted in their mindset, everything that happened good in the day. Yeah. So I constantly tell people, quit saying you've had a bad day. You had a bad moment. Guess what? Could you have a series of bad moments in a day? Yes, you can. But there's always good in a day. Learn to have gratitude. Be grateful. Did you wake up today? Did you have running water? Did you have food in your fridge? Were you able to brush your teeth? Did you have a bathroom to use? Did you have a bed to sleep in? Pillow to be on? That's another thing. I start my day out with gratitude every single day. Even started this day. Little things. They're not perfect, but they're better than where I was. And that was on the hamster wheel of life. Just go to work, go home, get paid. <laughs> yeah. So this has been a really fascinating discussion. We have so many ideas and talk about um i know a lot of uh, listeners you know what you're talking about is um will resonate with them and i know you do a lot of um keynote speeches and coaching and i know you have a you know a book as well so tell listeners how they can get in touch with you find out more about you and maybe even work with you uh they can get a hold of me the best place to get a hold of me is go to my website giveaheck.com um it's designed around a portal. I don't know if you've been on it yourself. You can literally click on it and find out about my book, which is yeah. Give a Heck, How to Live Life on Purpose, Not by Accident. Um, you can also find out about me as a speaker, my coaching. You can find out about financial education, my podcast. I, I literally tried to have it developed. A good friend of mine um, that owns a company, we, we had lots of discussions around it. I wanted, didn't want it to be flashy, but I wanted it to be purposeful. Right. I try to make everything purposeful so they can go on there. You can book a, a appointment with me where we can have a discovery call. You can check out, you know, anything you want to do about me is on that site. I've made it really simple. Again, just give a heck.com and uh, yeah, we can touch base and I can see if I can help you out depending on where you live in the world. Um, I've coached people in I've had people on calls from Australia, from the, in, all over Europe, UK, into Canada, the US. It's it's not hard to do this over a Zoom call. It, you know, don't think that it's something that's scary. Some people prefer it over a Zoom call because yeah. they don't. It's easier to be vulnerable over a Zoom call than it is sitting at a kitchen table or a, or at a business desk. Because I help a lot of businesses too for people just to let go and be true and honest with me, right and and all it is is a simple discussion. I'll never judge you because I've been that guy that's been on the hamster wheel of life. I've been that guy that was a single dad. I raised my own kids after a while, I ended up getting full custody of my own kids. And it's a struggle. So if you're a single parent that's struggling, you're a couple that's, that's you know raising kids that's struggling. I've been there, done that on both sides of the coin. And I look forward to having a discussion and seeing how I can help you live life on purpose and not by accident and live the best version of yourself because we all deserve to not live in quiet desperation. Yeah, that's, uh, that's such a wonderful um, ending. And uh, for all the guests, um, Dwight's um, resources will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for the great discussion and all of the nuggets of wisdom. So we hope to hear more about your successes in the future. Appreciate you, Christopher. Thanks for having me on. 
I'm excited that you made it for another episode. You are truly the best. If you've been following the show for a while, you know that my passion is to bring you the education you need to find your path to financial freedom. Please come back week after week for new content, new resources, and great guests. Until then, if you haven't already, please be sure to check out the website, www.drchrisluemdphd.com for more support. I'll see you next week.